Welcome to the Your Life Unchained podcast, helping you break the chains keeping you from reaching your true potential in business and life. Here's your host, Rick Scheninger. Fear, overwhelm, procrastination, disorganization, or just general chaos. We all have challenges we have to overcome in order to live life on our terms, to turn our ordinary into extraordinary. Your Life Unchained will deliver simple steps, tips, and strategies you can implement immediately into your daily routine to help you take control of your life and turn your dreams into reality. Welcome, Lindsay. Happy to have you here. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me. This is so fun. <laughs> it was really cool to meet you at PartnerCon the other day or the other week. I guess it's been a couple weeks now. Oh, yeah, I guess it has been. It feels like a lifetime ago. <laughs> <laughs> right? It feels like the blink of an eye, but it also feels like a lifetime ago. <laughs> totally. So I was, I was looking at your website and it says that you were, you've been an entrepreneur since you were 14. Is that right? Yes. Yes, I have wow. been. Tell me about that, because it said since you could make money with horses. I am an, I am obsessed with horses. I have horses. We moved across the country for my horses. Um, I'm a horse. I'm a horse girl. And when I was 14, I really wanted to earn money to go horse show and be able to buy things for my horse. And um, I ended up starting back then. I didn't know what it was, but it was a subscription business where people would pay me on a monthly basis. They would just leave their, their leave their check in the mailbox for me. Um, and I would brush their horses and clean their saddles. And I, that was my really first foray. Like what's the right word for foray? Foray. Yeah. <laughs> Into um, entrepreneurship because I had to deal with a lot of problems and I had to, I mean, I had to be a problem solver at 14. It was really, it was really fun. That's interesting because I was probably about the same age and my first job was actually shoveling horse stalls. So I was kind of dealing with the other end of the horse. You got to do, you got to do the mucky end and I got to do the fun end. <laughs> right. <laughs> I did ride horses also. So that was the fun end, but, but yeah. And then I went into sales and dealt with more of the same. <laughs> <laughs> Great maneuver, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> And so you own three businesses currently, is that right? Um, yes, we currently have three different um, businesses and revenue streams. So what type of industries are those businesses in? Yeah, so we have our, like our business co coaching um, automation side. Um, we also have a real estate business um, and we do that. And then we have, we just, um, we, we have, we have some e-commerce stuff that has been really, really fun and stressful. So. <laughs> fun and stressful. That sounds yeah. about right. <laughs> it, it's like a whole new world. It's the wild west in e-commerce right now. Yeah. I mean, that's, it's been a big switch this year as people, you know, more people are becoming less fearful and more accustomed to online interactions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like the normal thing. If this this whole 2020 has totally shifted everybody from, you know, like being more fearful, wanting to be in person, trying things on, and now everyone's like, screw it, I'm just ordering everything online. <laughs> it easier, 
you know, the convenience model. Just send it, send it to my door. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> or, you know, the people that still want to venture out, bring it out to my car. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> kind of dip their toe into the <laughs> self-care. Have you seen that meme? It's like self-care is sitting in my car <laughs> for 10 minutes by myself. Right. Without a mask on. <laughs> yeah, without a mask on. It is true. It is true. <laughs> So automation is one of your one of your focuses, and I can definitely relate to that because that's one of the things that I love love doing is just building automation campaigns and and successful ones. But I kind of want to pick your brain around that. How did you first get introduced to automation or the idea of automation? Oh, that's such a great question. So when I was in college, I worked for a business uh, business consultant, business coach, and um, the girl that was running our Infusionsoft account at the time, she uh, had a baby and she left and there was nobody to do it. And my boss, because I was the executive assistant, um, she was like, we're now going to make you the tech director and you're gonna learn how to use this. And there, I'm so grateful for that opportunity because I learned how to automate the whole back end of the business. I under, like I learned marketing, like from a grassroots level, um, helping this person grow her business from a million to 4 million. And it was just super enlightening and eye opening and very scary and also hard. <laughs> I can yeah. definitely relate to that. My, yeah. my first introduction to Infusionsoft, I was helping the Ziegler Corporation and the Ziegler Family Corporation and Ziegler Inc. So the three different divisions of Ziegler with their automation and social media. And, and yeah, going from small business to something more broader scale is like, whoa. Only a world. <laughs> it is. <laughs> well, let me ask this first. How did you go from helping that business coach and using automation? How did you bridge into your own business that is coaching and helping others with automation? So just like the girl before me had a baby, I, <laughs> I had a baby and I was always planning on going back. I had been in the um, chief operating officer role for about 18 months at that point in that business. And I loved it. But when they gave me that little baby, I was like, I'm never going back to work. <laughs> but I was the breadwinner, so I couldn't just quit and not do anything. Um, and so I ended up totally random decided, you know what, I'm going to put myself on Upwork. And that's what I did. Wow. And within, yeah. And within five days I had replaced um, enough money, enough clientele uh, to replace my corporate income. So oh. it was a very quick thing for me. And that's how we started our agency. I ended up hiring my sister and my sister-in-law to support me. And over the past, almost, it'll, it's about four and a half years, almost five years that we've been in business. Um, we've gone from just being kind of the doers in the business um, and like tech VAs to right. being more of like the strategic minded coaching programs, memberships, that sort of stuff. Um, so we've kind of evolved. Very cool. Yeah. yeah, I was wondering if the if the other Ardmore was perhaps an in-law. Yes, it's my <laughs> sister-in-law. Yes. Awesome. Yep. <laughs> yep. She actually worked with me at that at that job. Um, and they ended up having a, a shift, like a reorganization. And she was like, I don't think I want to be here anymore. And I said, great, come work with me. <laughs> what services did you put on Upwork that was that allowed you to, to scale or build 
Like, I think I literally called myself an Infusionsoft expert. Oh, wow. And honestly, I submit a couple proposals. Upwork is magical for anybody. <laughs> Upwork is magical. <laughs> um, it's very underutilized for somebody who's like a tech-minded person. Um, and so I put myself on there, submitted a few proposals, and I had like five or six clients um, that were paying me an hourly rate, but had booked a certain number of hours okay. uh, for the month. So I had, could project out my income. And I think I literally just put like, I'm an Infusionsoft expert. I can take care of your Infusionsoft for you. And about five years ago, that was like a really necessary needed thing. Right. Right. And of course, Keep has come a, a long way and incorporated all sorts of things to make it simpler for small businesses. Mm -hmm. Then from that, how did you use automation in your own business? I mean, obviously you were helping other people with their Infusionsoft, mm -hmm. but then how did you personally use automation to help grow and scale your own business or businesses? Yeah, so um, there was a couple of things that I did. So we, we, we basically have like three different revenue streams inside of our business where we do, you know, the custom work and like the retainer model. And we still have some of those clients and we love them. Um, that are from four and a half years ago, which is crazy. <laughs> oh, wow. That's awesome. <laughs> uh, so we put in some automation around, like somebody books a call with me, they're going to get these reminders and we have homework reminders and stuff for after the calls that we have. And we still use those to this day, uh, to keep people on track and knowing exactly what we talked about. Um, but I decided in 2018, I decided, you know what? I can't scale. Could you imagine? I can't imagine actually having... <laughs> having like a seven multi seven figure service agency in the model that we were running, it just didn't make sense. It seemed like it would be a complete nightmare headache. And I just, that was just not for me. And so I started thinking like, what could I do? What could I do that was totally scalable that removed me completely from the situation mm -hmm. and what's needed in this. And so what I ended up doing is creating our signature program automation foundations. And that is a completely automated program from start to finish People buy off a webinar, it's all automated. They come into the program and they get everything in a membership portal and it's fully automated, which is uh, <laughs> That is awesome. And all you have to do is update it here and there where it's yes. where things change and <laughs> mm -hmm. totally. And at this point, I think I've um, probably rebranded and revamped it like four or five times, but that's the fun stuff. Right. You know? So well, then that's when you can send another automated email out to your list or a broadcast out to your list and say, hey, check out the new stuff. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Look what we got. It's amazing. Right. It's like coming home with a bag or an armful of, of new stuff, like in bags. Like, oh, look, look. Totally. Totally. Awesome. So what aspect of the whole automation thing would you say is your favorite? Oh, I love making money. So I think when you can automate something that like creates revenue for you and you can know those numbers and you can look at your conversions and you can say, oh my goodness, if I just put a hundred leads in here, I'm going to make X amount of dollars. Um, that is cool. That is really cool. And that is not something that's normal. Like right. really it's not, it's not normal for a small business to not have to grind. Mm -hmm. So um, I just really love that. And I love helping people achieve that. That is so cool. Let me ask this. You, you were talking about, for example, uh, reminder emails with homework and stuff like that mm -hmm. as part of the automation that you were using. So was that built, and this is a little bit granular, but 
was that built into a sequence and then you just updated the email or how did you, how was that incorporated in the automation process? We have internal forms. So we'll have internal form, homework one, homework two, homework three, homework four. And we have an email and custom fields that say like homework item one, item two, item three, item four. So then that launches an email that in a sequence that says, it was so nice to meet with you today. Nobody needs <laughs> to know that it's automated. Um, here are your homework items. And we fill out all four of those custom fields with that internal form. And so it automatically updates and sends out. And then it progresses people along the path. So I can see as the business owner where everybody is at with their automation expert. Ah, super cool. That's awesome. Yeah. It's a fun, nifty um, automation. We built it. I think we built it like three and a half years ago. And it is, we love it. We use it still. <laughs> that is so cool. I'm going to switch gears a little bit from automation. Because obviously I see you have a super cool team that works with you. Yes. So where did you start? Did you start with your sister? I'm going to guess you started with your sister. I, start, I started with, so I started with my sister-in-law. Oh, all right. And, yeah, I started with my sister-in-law and I started my business in August and I hired her in October. So it was very quick. Oh, wow. Um, because I knew in the, the agency model, I can make money every hour that she works. Like I knew if I could find clients, I could do that. So um, it's always been part of our model. And my sister was a school teacher and um, she had two kids in daycare. And we did the math and I was like, Lauren, like literally I could pay you like this amount of money and you'd be making more than what you're making right now because you're paying for daycare. Right. So my sister came on as our copywriter. She has a degree in creative writing and um, she's now evolved and now she runs the whole, she's actually our business manager and runs all of the business. And then every other person on our team is either a copywriter or an automation expert. That is so cool. And what triggered that? Uh, you said it's always been a part of the model, but what kind of triggered in your mind that, you know what, I need to bring on somebody else? Um, two things. One, I realized people often tell me like, I'm not big enough to hire somebody. And, and I think they're thinking in a very um, small window of job roles that somebody could come help with, right? Right. And um, for me, I realized, oh my goodness, I didn't need an assistant. I didn't need like a copywriter at that point. I didn't need anything, but I realized I had clients and I could make money not working. So that's what really, I sat down one day about 30 days into my business and realized, how can I work less and make more money, <laughs> which has been the theme of my life. And um, that's how it started. So I don't know if like anything really triggered it. But I sat down and I just did the math and I was like, oh my gosh, she could be making more than she's making in this other job. And I could be making more by not actually doing anything. <laughs> so I'm going to go out on a limb, first of all, and say, it's not that you don't do anything, but you're able to spend more time doing the things that you love doing, whether that's work or not work, but. Totally. Totally. <laughs> and spending time with my kids and. Yeah. Um, being on the horses and honestly, my, it's really funny how like you evolve as a person, my strengths where I used to be like crazy infusion soft, like, do, 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 like tech, tech person. Ninja. Now I'm like, I don't know where anything is. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm more of like the strategic brain behind it. Now. You're no longer the, the, um, 
the Infusionsoft Ninja in your business? <laughs> yeah, definitely not. My girls, my girls are like, they're like, just stop, get out of the way. We'll go fix it. <laughs> so totally. But sometimes that's really helpful for everybody because mm-hmm. a lot of times it's hard to go from the strategy and then you get stuck in the weeds. Totally. Or you're trying to build from the weeds and then you can't necessarily see from the high level anymore. Yes. I think I get stuck in the weeds a lot. Like if I'm, if I'm the one responsible for doing something, I often get like too granular and thinking about it too much and then make it overcomplicated where it really doesn't need to be like that. And it is hard for me to switch back and forth from strategy to, to implementer. Right. Yeah. I can unfortunately completely relate to that. <laughs> hard. It is. It is. To me, what I found one of the biggest challenges to creating a team when you when you're doing everything yourself and wearing all the hats yourself, mm-hmm. part A is it's easy to get confused or not confused, but distracted by all right, I'm trying to do this, I'm trying to do this, and I'm trying to, you know, you're like multi-octopusing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <to> yes. <laughs> and yes. it becomes difficult to systematize even though you know you're following a system, but to actually put it into systematic language that you could teach to somebody some of those things. You know, I went to, I went to a mastermind event that uh, Keep actually put on in 2017. And I learned from somebody that basically he just explained how he does the process. And I lost my ever loving mind because I had, I mean, I, I was the chief operating officer. I knew how to create processes and systems and, you know, all of this stuff, but I couldn't see it for my own business. And so when he was like, lens, you just open up a doc and this is like very basic, but you open up this doc and everything that you do, you type it in, you know, we make everything templated. And I was like, my life has now changed. And it, at that moment, my life changed. That makes a lot of sense. Seriously. I was, it was like the heavens came down because I had no idea. It was a very difficult to understand how I kept saying, I can't, I can't systemize my own business. I can't automate my own business. I can't do any of this stuff myself. Um, but that was false. I could do it. It was just had to be creative with it. So the hardest part probably is remembering to open up that doc the first time. (laughs) Yes. And like making sure that you're not making things more difficult than they need to be. So for example, somebody comes to you. I just got off a, I just got off a call. Somebody was like, okay, so I have this 25 sequence email that I want to go out to my list every week for 25 weeks. And so in my brain, I'm thinking, okay, long-term nurture, we have a campaign template for that. I'm not going to go build something custom, um, for every single person. Most people don't need that. And what they need is like a few chunks that are all the same. Mm-hmm. And we just link up differently, you know, and we maybe have different orders. But once I realized that it, it was a total game changer in our business. And that makes a lot of sense too. So basically you're templatizing the systems and you're templatizing the actual campaigns. Yeah. And then that's part of what makes it scalable, right? Uh, yeah, exactly. And those are people, people know what they want, but they don't know what they need or how it needs to be built or anything like that. So if you can, if you have something they're like, okay, this is, this is my welcome sequence. And I, they just want something slightly different at the end. We just tweak it slightly for them, but we're not going and reinventing the wheel every single client, every single day. That makes total sense. So what kind of tasks 
have you had the most success with automating? Oh, um, like tasks for me to do or like for a human just to in do? general, like that you personally have experienced the best results with after implementing them. Okay. Yep. So, um, a couple of things, and I don't know if this answers your question, but these are the things I love in my life and in my business. I love a tripwire sequence. So you get a lead in, you invite them to purchase something small from you. Um, like you can have really awesome conversion rates on that and make pretty decent money selling something that's super duper cheap. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that. I think that's wonderful. I also love, I think any business that has, I don't want to say that can do this. Cause I think a lot of businesses can do this. You just have to be creative is a webinar. Automated webinars are phenomenal. And, um, I love, I love when getting people in there and, and getting them through my stuff, getting them to know me and getting them to purchase on the back end is pure magic. Those are my two favorite things to automate. I also think that, um, long-term nurture sequences. So 25 emails, 25 weeks, whatever you want to call it. Those are powerful and nobody does those because it's obnoxious to write the amount of emails that they feel like they need to write. Um, but we have had clients that have been on that sequence for a year that are just buying, like they didn't need anything else. It was the straw that broke the camel's back sort of deal. So those are powerful too. I think a lot of the people that don't do that or think that it's obnoxious to do that are the ones that don't, that aren't bringing value with those types of emails. Totally. All right. Totally. Because you can't just blast them with 25 weeks of sales emails because that would be obnoxious. <laughs> totally. And can you imagine like, how, how many different ways can you write by this thing for me? <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> totally. I get that. I totally get that. So let me ask the flip side of that question, which is what have you tried to automate and it failed miserably? It was like, oh, that was, that was awful. <laughs> oh, man. I've actually, I've actually tried, um, There's a couple, and I don't know if it was because of me or if it was because of the process, but I have tried a couple different onboarding campaigns for clients that remove too much of the personal touch and remove too much. And I, and I, I know people love that. I know they love like submit your docs here and then you get follow-up emails and submit this doc here and then you get follow-up emails. But for us, that just hasn't worked out really well. Um, probably because our people, when they buy from us, they expect a little bit of a sparkle touch and the automation just doesn't, doesn't do that so well. So for us, that's the problem. That makes sense. Cause then it becomes more transactional, even if it's not exchanging money, it's still more, right? Yes. And yeah, I don't think we've tried it and we, we have certain things that are automated, but it's not the whole process is completely automated, you know? Yeah. Totally makes sense. So what do you see for your yourself in 2021? Well, I had told myself at the beginning of 2020, I'm like, I'm going to hit seven figures this year. And I felt it. And then COVID hit. And not that it really affected my business, but it did have an effect on me. So um, we're definitely sure of my seven figure goal. So 2021, I'm going to hit seven figures. And, um, I'm going to do it by branching out into a couple new niches and doing some different things and growing our, our automated stuff. And I think 2020 has taught me a lot about gratitude and taught me a lot about like being, um, more in the moment 
instead of looking, always looking forward like the machine that I am. <laughs> that makes sense. Well, Lindsay, thank you so much for being here today. I really appreciate the time and all of the great wisdom that you shared with us today. Oh, thank you for having me. This has been super fun. Thanks so much for listening to the Your Life Unchained podcast. We'd love to help you break the chains that are keeping you from reaching your true potential in business and in life. So don't forget, like, comment and subscribe and we'll see you soon. Mm-hmm.